The Strut Podcast is a presentation of 5403 Productions. You're listening to The Strut with Chili, TD, and Info Joe. Strud Nation, thanks for tuning in. We just finished wrapping up this uh, this episode, so I'm recording the introduction now. And I got to tell you, if you want to hear what Teal Nation really thinks about the college football playoff and the sheer arrogance of our opponent this week, James Madison, listen to this show. Joe awarded TD Podcast Excellence Awards tonight and I think he earned it. So this might be TD's greatest show ever. You're listening to The Strut. You are listening to The Strut. TD, Info Joe, Teal Nation, Strut Nation. Welcome to 54 Minutes of the Treat Us Like an Underdog. We'll turn the page on you like you're a catalog. This game is your Sunbelt epilogue. Your rank was a fluke. Your arrogance we rebuke. Give the ball to Chauncey. Duke Dog gets juked. Senior day breakdown. Chauncey wear the crown. Chauncey is back for the second mascot takedown. Two, three, four, hut. You're listening to The Strut. This week's episode title brought to you by the Alumni Association is Madison is still the shortest president. Uh, welcome in, welcome into another edition of the Strut Podcast. We are recording here on Tuesday night. It's a Teal Tuesday, two days before Thanksgiving. I'm coming to you live from the uh, studio here on the front porch of 9th and College Street in downtown Stuart Conway. Gentlemen, how has your week been? Been a good week. Guys, I'm I'm in the cashing mobile. Just got through with the Coach Chadwell radio show. We did it on a Tuesday night. and. I'm on the way back to the, the, the thriving metropolis that is Lugoff. So it's been a good week and can't wait to head to JMU, wrap up this regular season and get ready for the championship game. Because we are, no matter what anybody else says, the Sun Belt East champions. That's right. That's right. Chili, how about you, man? I can't word it any better than what Joe just said. I mean, I've had a pretty good week. It's been kind of crazy at school with these last these two days we have before we go to uh, Thanksgiving break. but um. I think other than that, a lot to be thankful for coming up in this Thanksgiving season, which we'll talk about later. But I'm thankful I'm a Shawnee Clear and not anybody else. I'll say that to begin with. Amen. Amen on that. I agree. Look, it's uh, 
this week is one of my favorite weeks. I love Christmas, love Easter, love Fourth of July. Um, you know, because of the family aspect and the patriotic and the independence of this country, or uh, celebrating um, Jesus's birthday and our Savior, or you know, but Thanksgiving, I, I love this week. It, it reminds it, it for whatever reason. It just it's a week of it's family, it's it's cooking, um, it's hunting, it's football, it's a cocktail in your hand near a fire with a fire with with music going in the background. That's kind of how. We grew up, well, my dad being from the low country, my mom being from Columbia. So for me, man, I love this week, man. Uh, it's, it's literally one of my favorite weeks of the entire year um, for a multitude of reasons. Uh, and uh, so I'm very thankful for it. The cool weather's coming in. Feels feels like Thanksgiving, boys. Finally, football. Uh, yeah, no doubt about no, no doubt about that. I, I'm thankful for a lot of things, too. A lot of what you just said, T.D., you know, and it's a, it's a great week for football, great week for family, for food, and just to be thankful, you know, for everything that we're blessed with each and every day. So thankful for you guys, thankful for this podcast, thankful for those who listen to us. You know, Coach yeah, Alan Connie, Alan Connie, I saw him tonight. He said he likes to walk on the beach and listen to the strut. You know, Hall of Famer at Coastal, track and field. You know, I, I just a great guy. He always says hello, comes up to us at the show. You know, he's a, a Sasser Hall of Famer, a big South Hall of Famer. I mean, just love Coach Connie and just I'm thankful for him and thankful for everybody that listens. So, yeah, man. It. I agree with you, Joe. We're hey, we're growing. You know, we're you know we're growing. I think uh, last show, Chili said we passed our three thousand eight hundred. Is that right? We are. We are as we speak right now. <clears throat> excuse me. In terms of total listens. We are approaching three thousand five hundred, and guys, we've been doing that just as just like a little. I don't know. I don't know if mom and pops podcast operation applies to what we do because none of us are moms. But at the same time, we've just kind of on a on no budget, just kind of bought our own stuff and just kind of taken to where it is now. So, I am grateful and thankful for anybody that considers themselves part of Teal Nation and Strut Nation. That's from the bottom of my heart. It wouldn't be we wouldn't be what we're doing and, and had the motivation to do what we're doing sometimes if it wasn't for the people telling us that they enjoy the podcast and they're thankful for what we're doing. So, and we're thankful for you right there in return too. Agreed gentlemen. Um, Absolutely. I, I think, I think being thankful, blessed, honored, uh, and respected enough to be the triumvirate of Teal Nation. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I mean, that sincerely, it's, you know, it, you don't realize who you reach until you, you cross paths with somebody like a Coach Connie or a Dr. Scott Ross or, you know, uh, somebody, you know, out of the area like my brother and him down in Alabama or someone like that. They, just, they listen, right? And they listen and they want to catch up. And then you go on social media or you get texts or you get, you know, DMs or messages or whatever. And, you, you know, just people are very grateful for us taking the time and, and, and doing it. So uh, exciting things. Look, being thankful and blessed is going to be a good thing. But, I tell you what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the opportunity to go and kick the living crap out of JMU's backside Saturday. That's what I'm thankful for. I'm so ready to look. I'm gonna say it now. I got nothing but respect for what Jamie's accomplished at this point. But I'm gonna go ahead and start to show off right now, Teal Nation and Strut Podcast listeners. I am tired of hearing about JMU. We're gonna get this at the very end. But I'm tired of hearing about them. We've technically can or can't win. No, you can't. I don't care if it's a technicality. We all went through a two-year moratorium, probation, transition, purgatory. 
that everybody else is doing and making this transition. If you don't like it, you're welcome to go back to FCS and you're welcome to not be talked about until about the semifinals of the playoffs with Montana State and Montana, North Dakota State, and blah, 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 blah. And I respect those programs. But guess what? You get about three weeks out of the year where people actually give a friggin' rip about it. And I couldn't grab it, Joe. I, I, I couldn't get it quick enough. The reason why we made the transition. There's a reason why we made the transition. And I'm on a soapbox early, but I am so tired of hearing about it. So if you beat us, great. Buy yourself a banner, a balloon, and throw yourself a freaking party. But last time I checked, you won't be playing on Saturday, December 3rd. We will. So, there you go. And here I, here I thought TD's ladder game was out. <laughs> yeah, for real. Dude, I, I man, you, I, I, man I, I just I, – I'm so tired of hearing about it. If you beat us, great. Put an asterisk by a banner. They're calling it like the asterisk bowl. They're, I mean, I've seen they're, – they're calling it all – fine. Dude, if you beat us, great. You won't hear an excuse from us that we didn't have 10, that we didn't have this, that we didn't – I have to remind people, we were all the prognosticators. If you're watching on our YouTube channel, all the prognosticators said that we were going to win seven games. Well, guess what? Here we are, nine and one, with a chance to win game number 10. We'll get into that later. Anyways, Chili, uh, I concede well, my time. You know, having said all that, Joe, I think it's time we go around the belt before TD gets his belt out and starts beating somebody with it. <laughs> Oh, mercy. God bless them. So, about it, man. let's review what hey, happened hey, last hey, week. Hey, 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 TD, you know we're a 14-point underdog. What do you think about that? Oh, <laughs> don't get me started. <laughs> We've got a segment for this. I got it. Yeah. I I'll say this. I tweeted directly <laughs> at the football team, at Jamie, at Carp, and at Jared Guest saying, we're a two-touchdown two dog. I would do if I was playing there. I'd have it. I'd I would purposely as a senior go and print that thing out, and I would tack it onto every urinal, trapper, door. <laughs> I would, and when somebody rip it down, I'd post another one. Okay, so we're gonna go ahead and go around the belt while TD just kind of mutes himself and yells at strangers walking by the front of his house. Um, Joe, I'll just talk to you for a second. Last week in the Sun Belt, oh, here's the first game that pops up. James Madison, 42, Georgia State, 40. Florida State, 49, Louisiana, 17. Ab State, you got to win. You're one step closer to bowl eligibility. You beat Old Dominion, 27-14. South Alabama, 27, Southern Miss, 20. Troy, 34, ULM, 16. Texas State, 16, Arkansas, 13. And Marshall, 23-10 over the Fighting Clay Heldens. Yeah, yeah. interesting games. Interesting games last week. Joe, go ahead. You're, I know you're on the road, but there was some definitely close games last week that were interesting. So, what I watched last week, I got caught up, of course, watching JMU and Georgia State. And here's Georgia State with a 20-point halftime lead. I mean, they've got a couple of scoop and score touchdowns in the first half. Yeah, we, we've had, I think, memory serves, we've had one of those all year. They got two of those in the first half of that game, had a 20-point lead at the break, and I'm thinking, wow, yeah, look at that, Georgia State. I mean, the Jekyll and Hyde team of this league, they're going to lose it home to ULM. They're going to go run JMU off the field. 
And, well, of course, that didn't happen in the second half. If you're Georgia State, you've got to close that game out. You've got to find a way to close them out. I don't know what they were doing in the second half on offense. It was just like they just went into total shell mode. I have no idea. I mean, credit JMU, they came back and won, and so now we're listening to it this week. Uh, you know, Marshall, how about Marshall, the turnaround they've had? I mean, they figured out some offense, and they just absolutely shut down Georgia Southern. So Georgia Southern and App will be playing for a bowl bid this week. Um, you know, Southern Miss. Loses at home to South Alabama. That was a good ball game. I watched the second half of that one. I mean, South Alabama's good. You know, and South Alabama's got an ODU team at home this week that they'll beat. So that means that Troy needs to go win at Ark State. You know, they they got they have to go win at, at, at uh, over at the Red Wolves, and which I expect them to do. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting week in the league. And again, you know, we're, we didn't play because of all the tragic events that went down in uh, in Charlottesville, Virginia. So we kind of got a week to get some people healthy, but. Interesting week in the league, and we'll see what uh, what unfolds this week. Of course, you know, obviously besides our game, we'll be watching to see what goes on with Troy and Arch State. I figure you know, Troy's going to win that one, and then of course South Alabama. South Alabama plays; they also play at noon, so they set you know South Alabama gets ODU at home. Yeah, it's interesting, Joe. So uh, things that you touched on there that I want to touch on just to really um, kind of just tack on is one. Perspective and contrast. Perspective and contrast in regard regarding the state of affairs in Statesboro versus that of Boone. Not necessarily looking for an answer, but to you gentlemen, those that listen, if I told you to begin the year, and we all, every podcast, every show, everybody wants to be their contrarian or they want to kind of start a pot a little bit, if you will, says this, but if I told you to begin the year that these two teams would be playing for bowl eligibility against each other, you'd probably shake your head and go, wait a minute. You mean Georgia Southern, who won like two or three games last year and their program the last three years has really looked abysmal? And App State, who beat Texas A&M, was rolling there for a hot minute? Let that sink in, too, while I kind of go through a quick, quick other highlights. But one team is playing for bowl eligibility and another team is playing for bowl eligibility? And I say yeah. it in those words because – Georgia Southern, if they're bowl eligible, it is a massive lift for that program considering mm-hmm. all the turnover, the change in historically being a triple option, spread option to now a true pro set kind of um, cross. You know, if you think about it, it's a, it's almost like a West Coast offense. If you really – people don't want to call it that, but it, it does. There's a lot of short passes and then boom over the top. But then you get App State who – trying for bowl eligibility like i just other piece of this is troy south alabama let's be honest they have two cakewalks to end this year um are we gonna have a ovc ut martin um uh, and i can't remember the other school i text y'all about are we gonna come down to where they go for tiebreakers and it comes down to a coin flip to see who goes to the conference title game, and then if they do, you know, they there could be a chance they host, pending, you know, what transpires Saturday. Uh, I think, to um, Marshall finding offense, to Joe's point, um, I think that was the offense that they thought they were going to find early in the year, and if they had, what transpires with that program? Is there another win or two that they have? Georgia State, to Joe's point, and we've talked about it all year, it's the, it's the most – confusing thing you've ever seen where 
they build a lead and it's like it's the worst thing that that program can do is build a lead and on the other side jmu they don't play better until they're down by three touchdowns at halftime uh that's going to feed right into what i'm going to talk about when we break down the jmu coastal game but um i think if you you know if you look at this uh, i wonder what's going to transpire on saturday from the standpoint of some of these games i know we're about to we're about to go who plays who but my takeaway from Saturday was everything fell in line ultimately about how we thought it would. Um, scores may be a little different than expected, but I think overall the winners and losers fell in line with what we thought. I'll tell you what, I think we caught what you just said about Marshall. I think we caught them pretty good. They got Racine Ali back for the first time against Georgia Southern. So now they got Labor. You know who they've had all year, who's been a beast. Now they add Ali, who went for fourteen hundred yards last year. You know, it was a big time running back, all those touchdowns. They got an unbelievable backfield, and that Cam Fancher kid, that left-handed quarterback, is really coming along. I think you know, Marshall they had a great start, hit a low, and now they're you know, now you're getting right at the right time of the year if you're there. Yep, yep. And they got a chance to win with what? They got a finish chance to finish with what? Seven wins or eight wins? Eight. Seven, eight wins. Yeah. And look, you know, we're going to get on the whole CFP because I know that's going to be a freaking moment we're going to talk about, and I'm going to get real jacked up, <laughs> pissed off about that. And so are you, Joe, and so are you, Steve. Hold on. But, Go ahead. Go ahead, TD. I but got you. It, it, yeah, but you see, I, I'm not going to cuss anything, but it's the whole point of don't look at me and, and, and tell, well, the ODU lost. Man, kiss it on the ODU loss because you know what? There are three teams – with four losses or two teams with four losses and three teams with three losses ahead of us. And us, UTSA, South Alabama, and Troy are are all sitting there shaking, looking at we're all in the same room looking at you going, you can't tell me those four teams are better than us. You can't tell me those four teams are better than us. We'll get to that in a minute. But anyway, um go well, ahead, Chill. I'm sorry. I just I'm fired that, up today, man. And it's your birthday too, T D. Today. Yeah, 30, I mean, it's his yeah. birthday. He ought to be celebrating. He is off the chain tonight, my man. <laughs> and I have, I, think, I have, I have. Look, I, this is all natural. There's nothing. Uh, this is this is all cake and ice cream uh, fueled right now. So, uh, and coming up on happy, Thursday, happy birthday, TD. Yeah, man. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate. Hey, I'll say it real quick. To uh, I put it on social media, but to everybody who texts, called, social media posts. Dropped by my office or saw me, you know, in and out of grocery store for the fifteenth time in the last three days for my loving, beautiful young wife. Um, uh, um, thank y'all. I mean that sincerely, man. It's that's part of this week. It's humbling. Interesting enough, I like to give a shout out to Craig Smith. Um, Craig Smith is his birthday is today. He played baseball at South Carolina. He not, I mean, he played baseball at Coastal Carolina. He's from South Carolina. He's from Bethune, where we hunt at, and then. Um, my nephew, Jack, his birthday was yesterday. My mother-in-law's birthday is tomorrow. So, man, this whole week for our family and close friends, it's, it's a little like a birthday every day this week. So it's a big week for us. So, so thank y'all. And on Thursday, the initials TD stand for Turkey Day. So here we go Turkey to Day. Around the Belt. Georgia State, Turner Field takes his show on the road and goes to We Are Marshall. Southern Miss will travel to face the fighting Bowdens of ULM. Old Dominion travels to South Alabama. The good guys travel to James Madison, in case you didn't hear, TD. Troy goes to Arkansas State. Luzerana goes to Texas State. And Crapalachian State goes to the fighting Help 
mountains of Georgia Southern. So, hey, I, can I just throw one, something out before we jump into this and, and before you guys do the, the serious stuff and I do the whatever I do? I feel like I want to call the App State Georgia Southern game the Desperation Bowl. I see, you know, I would agree with you. I would agree with you for a second, other than to to what I highlighted earlier was if you're Georgia Southern, you're going to look back on the season. Let's say you go six and six, and you're going to look back and say, man, there were two or three games we could easily be at eight wins. And if you're App State, there's going to be a couple games that I don't. It's amazing how two programs within one year who have so much rich history against each other, with each other. Joe, Chili, and, and I'm I'm kind of taking your moment here, Chili. But to your point, I think you bring up a great you bring up a great conversation piece that if you'd have told us at the beginning of the year that the inverse would happen with where these programs are, even with one being six and six, one being five and seven in this game or in this week, if Georgia Southern finishes six and six, considering where they were, and App State finishes five and seven, I I think man, it it it's it is just Georgia Southern could say there were two games that we probably could have got another W, but then there's App State sitting there going, there's two games that we could have lost, like the Troy game. And, yes, they could have beat North Carolina, but they canceled each other out. So would they be back to five and seven, six and six? I don't know, man. Um, It's amazing how those two programs this year are the complete inverse of each other where they started and the expectations they had. But, again, I I just – I'm intrigued by that still. Still. The only game I'm going to watch outside of ours is going to be App State, Georgia Southern. Everybody else is kind of like, there's some interest, there's some intrigue there. I mean, I'm going to see, like, I'm curious about what Georgia State team will show up at Marshall. Um, Everything else outside of our game with Madison and the Irrelevance Bowl or the battle or the road to relevance, Joe, help me. One of those two names or three names I've shown. But that's, that's all I'm really curious about this week. I don't know about y'all. Well, I'm I'm curious to see what goes on with uh, just just not that I'm expecting anything, but obviously what happens with South Al and what happens with Troy. I mean, South Al, I, I don't expect them to lose to to an team. Expect that, and I don't expect Troy with their defense to go play you know, one of the worst offenses in the league, maybe the worst, and lose over at over Ark State. But, you know, you, you talk about Georgia Southern and App State. I mean, it's like it's kind of what you and TD are both talking about. This, you know, for Georgia State, to, I mean, for Georgia Southern, rather, to get bowl eligible, that's a huge accomplishment. If you're, if you're App State, you're like, what are we doing in this spot? Why, why are we fighting for a bowl? Like, you know, why are they not – you know, why are we not in the conference championship? Why are we not talking CFP? You know, so you got two different mindsets going into that thing, in my opinion. Georgia Southern can come back from an awful year, a coaching change in midseason, hire Clay Helton, make a bowl, and maybe go win it. Heck, you, you have turned the corner, and you've got a lot to look forward to to 2023. You're at State Great. going into this game. You're like, what in the world are we doing here? What is this? You know? I mean, so that's, that's, it's, that's a weird kind of setup for that game. Uh, down in Statesboro, so and I, I, I kind of expect Georgia Southern to win that game. I'm gonna pick them to win. I am, you know, and I'm gonna pick Georgia State to lose to Marshall, and then you know whoever else. I don't. ODU's not gonna beat South Alabama. Our State's gonna lose to Troy. We're gonna beat JMU, and whoever, you know, whoever else is left, ah, you know. Yeah, I'm. 
I'm with, I'm with Joe on that. I, I, I think, Chili, I think, man, it was a great question. Is it the desperation bowl? I think it's, I think it's perspective bowl. If you want to change, I think it's the perspective bowl of uh, where is yeah. the perspective going to be if you win this game? Because if you're App State, you go five and seven. I tell you what's going to happen is that program is going to get very introspective, and that is my nice way of saying it, very quick. They're already there. I know they have. But if you go and lose to Georgia Southern, which is your longtime rival, and you've lost to Marshall, which is a old, renewed rival, and you lost to your your new kid on the block rival, you lost to all three of those schools in the same year. Well, the, there, there's the, gonna, the, it's going to get it's going to get introspective real quick up in Boone. Buddy. The, the the one that's the killer for them is losing to a first year FBS and James Madison and blowing a twenty eight three lead in the process at home to do it. That's the that's, one. That's the one where all of this started, and I think that's what their people are looking at. How did that happen? That's a fair point. I mean, I, I it's not that I didn't forget it. It's just. You know, you, you look at it and go, well, that's true. I mean, it's that was the – and I think before, listening to, again, to not belabor not, – not to keep going around the wheel like we've done the last couple of weeks we bring them up is – you know, we bring them up is because, again, to give credit where credit's due, App State has been kind of the standard in the East. They really have since they came in. Sure. And you got to give credit yeah. where it's credit due. But sure. it started – it started, in my humble opinion, at Troy and then got exasperated with your point, Joe, the 25-point comeback of JMU. So, mm-hmm. sarcastically and kind of, you know, comically, here's our goal. Do not be up by any more than 19 points at halftime. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Well done, TD. Because <laughs> that's what uh, we Joe, want. You, if we got Joe, you gave us your, our, your picks on the, uh, on the belt. TD, you want to go through two real quick? All three of us rapid fire pick on these? Rapid fire. Um, I think Southern wins. I think Southern wins because they got something to play for. Troy, South Alabama, Marshall. Um, who was the other ones? Chili. Uh, Appen, Georgia Southern. Did you say Louisiana, yeah. Texas State yet? Uh, I think. I, I think. Um, I think Louisiana Louis- takes care. Louisiana takes care yeah. of business in that. I'm yeah, going Louis- Texas State on that one. Texas State. I'm going Why Texas State. Go? I'm going Texas State. <laughs> <laughs> The contrarian. The That's contrarian. right. Oh man, just to be um, difficult. It wouldn't. Yeah. It would. It wouldn't shock me, honestly. I mean, Louisiana is very average. Very average this year. You can't right? go back. And, on and they make. And they make it go to a bowl. They win this game. They're going to a bowl game probably. They'll be eligible. They would be eligible, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. The battling they Bobcats. The battling Bobcats. Oh. Mark it down, team. Southern Miss. Southern Miss wins. They're going to a bowl. You know, for all the things about our schedule, you, know, you can look up and, and, and have of the uh, 11 teams that we'll have played, I think, if I figured right, six of them will be bowl eligible, not including, if you count the championship game, could be seven of the 12 teams that we'll have played would be bowl eligible. I, you know, whatever. Anyway. And, 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 a, and an FCS conference champion, if you want to throw that in there in Gardner-Webb. Uh, they won the uh, Big South. Yeah. They go to the playoffs. I mean, that. Yeah, no, no one would think about that, but I mean, that wasn't a bunch of, yeah, you know, that, that wasn't some Robert Morris bunch. Yeah, that wasn't Robert Morris or um, or the Citadel, the Citadel. All the combined Citadel. to go, I think, who combined to go like two and twenty. So uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, TD Citadel won their third game of the year this past weekend at VMI. Just a heads up. Okay, third th- three and nineteen. So there you go. 
Hey, Most so what? Right. So trivia, quick off the off the top of the head trivia question: What is the what is that game called? What's federal BMI? What is they? I know what, that what one. Oh, for? I know that oh, one. No, not the Golden Dirt. Um, nope. It's, um, I know it, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Go ahead. The battle Billy for the Silver it. Shaco. There you go. That's it. Uh, I was I was thinking about PC Newberry play for the Golden uh, Derby, the, bronze the Derby, Derby. Bronze, bronze, bronze Derby, the Bronze Derby. Yeah, uh, PC and, and who plays for that? Newberry, Newberry. the Bronze Newberry. Derby. The bronze one of one Derby. of the great rivalries in South Carolina that's kind of caught on by the boards. I mean, that, those two used to battle all the time every year. You know, I never heard of battles. Yeah, it's pretty bronze cool. Derby. Yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. All so, right. it, in case y'all didn't hear, we have to play James Madison this week. Yes, so, let's great. look into uh, James Madison, TD, your favorite president. Um, the university itself, Joe, was founded in 1908. It was originally called the Normal and Industrial School for Women, later renamed Madison College and then JMU as we know it in 1977. It was named for the fourth president of the U.S., who's also called the father of the Constitution, T.D. He was the only one in Philadelphia in summer of 18, 1787 with a plan to fix the Articles of Confederation. Much of what we know about the Constitution and how it was drafted today came from James Madison when he was an old man living in his home on his plantation called Montpelier. Guys, I've been in the room where he drafted his corrections to the Articles of Confederation I've been in the bedroom. The lady who was giving us the guide said that his bedroom was the most important bedroom in U.S. history. But I digress. Madison is the only president to ever take up arms and command a post when the White House was attacked during the War of 1812. His wife, Dolly Madison, considered to be the first first lady in U.S. history. In case you didn't know, Joe and T.D., the Washingtons never lived in the White House. Nope. Um, John Adams' wife was away most of the time because she did not like the lifestyle of Washington, D.C., and Thomas Jefferson was a widower when he became president. J-Mad, as I like to call him, is your shortest president. He's 5'4", weighed around 100 pounds. The Madisons enjoyed serving ice cream for the first time in U.S. history at the White House. T.D., Dolly Madison's favorite flavor of ice cream was oyster. I'm not making that up. Um they started playing what? football in 1972. Huh? Uh, that is true. Oyster ice cream. Um, they started playing football in 1972. They were the national champions in the FCS slash 1AA ranks in 2004 and 2016. Notable players, Charles Haley, Scott Norwood, and Gary Clark. Joe, James Madison used to be a part of the Yankee Conference. I know you like your obscure conferences, so here we go with the Yankee Conference. I you do. got UConn. I do, yes. UConn, Maine, UMass, Amherst, New Hampshire, Rhode Island. A couple of small schools splattered in there, and James Madison was the latest member to join the Yankee Conference when it was still around. Now, I was doing a little bit of digging, as I like to do sometimes, and I found this out about our schedule in general as it relates to James Madison on the year. Listen to this. Army, who we started off the year with, that school was chartered by Thomas Jefferson. The University sure. of Buffalo was founded by, partially founded by, President Millard Fillmore. Monroe, Louisiana, named for President Number 5, James Monroe. Marshall, 
named for the first Chief Justice of the U.S., John Marshall, Joe's favorite Chief Justice. UVA was founded by and Chief Architect Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison is named after our fourth president. We've had a very presidential leadership type year, which lends itself to us being in first place in the East and not James Madison, who may slip to fourth place, depending on how the conference standings shake out. On the season, I'm getting tired. On the season, James Madison overall is seven and three, five and two in the conference. They defeated their first first four teams: Middle Tennessee forty-four to seven, Norfolk State sixty-three to seven, App State thirty-two twenty-eight, Texas State forty to thirteen. Excuse me, first five teams, and Arc State forty-two to twenty. Then they lost three in a row: Georgia Southern forty-five thirty-eight, Marshall twenty-six twelve. Louisville, 34-10. They've won their last two games, ODU 37-3, Georgia State 42-40. Statistically speaking, TD, they're ranked number one in offense, number four in total defense. Their leading rusher is Percy. I'm going to mispronounce his last name. Help me out one day. Agye Obisi. That's what we're going to go with. 829 yards on the ground, eight touchdowns. Centeo is number two overall in passing with 2,410 yards and 21 touchdowns. Their leading receiver is Chris Thornton. He's number two in the Sun Belt with 922 yards and seven touchdowns. Leading tackler is Taurus Jones. He leads JMU with 74 total tackles. And the last stat I want to share with you is 14.5. That is the point spread that favors JMU this Saturday as we hit the road to go to Harrisonburg. TD, once again, that number is 14.5. The odds makers are saying Coastal is a 14-and-a-half-point underdog headed to Harrisonburg this Saturday. O.J. Obisay. That's the, uh, that's the running back. He's Thank really you. good. Yep. They, have, they have several that are on this team that are really – you gotta you got to get into the pronunciation guide, and they're all really good, all these guys, you know. But, uh, yeah, that, this, uh, it's going to be a big challenge. They're really good. They're fired up. This is their last game of the year. A lot, of, a lot of graduate kind of kids, a lot of transfers. They did a good job of finding the portal, bringing some kids in, especially that quarterback, Santeo. Todd Santeo's really good. You know, he's the best running quarterback in the league. He's thrown for over 2,400 yards, you know, completes a high percentage of his passes, didn't miss a pass at ODU. Uh, it took him a long time to throw it in completion last week against Georgia State, so he's going to be a real handful in there. They got a difference maker. At that spot, and that's why a big reason they've been as successful as they've been. Their front seven is as good as what we've seen in Marshall, Southern Miss. So it's going to be a real challenge, and they're going to be chomping at the bit. I mean, you know, these guys are fired up. They're ready. You know, they feel like they can win a share of this thing and you know claim whatever they whatever it is they want to claim, and that's fine. You know, let them have their day. They have a two-year transition, as TD mentioned earlier, but it's going to be a tough battle, especially we're going to go into it again with Jared Guest as our starting quarterback. I mean, he you know, had some good moments against Southern Miss. He's had a couple of weeks now to kind of get settled in as, as the guy for right now until hopefully we can get 10 back. So we'll we'll see. We need to come out and, and start well. You know, we need to get our, our running game on track. Which we, you know, we've done it at times over the past few weeks, but you know, now we've got a full running back room back and ready to go. You know, hopefully we can uh, we can make these guys, get these guys on the outside, get them in space, one-on-one battles. We'll see. So it's all going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree. So I, you know, I went back and I, you know, I watched that game live with Georgia State and JMU. Um, I went back and watched JMU App State. 
I went back and watched JMU Louisville. And then I went back and watched – there were four games that I, that I watched. Georgia State, Louisville, App State, and I want to say somebody else. Maybe it was Marshall. Um, the reason I did that is because I wanted to see them again. I wanted to see them in the various phases through this year, right? I wanted to see where they were through various the, – the four phases of a, of a season. They're probably performing now as as good as they have all year. So don't misunderstand or miss or have me ris, uh, misrepresent my lather towards a 14-and-a-half-point dog and them talking about a technicality on the East crown. So they're a good team. Santeo's a good quarterback. They've got really quality receivers, a quality offensive line. Uh, he's going to throw for a high percentage. He's going to make plays when the pocket breaks down. Uh, defensively, their front seven, to Joe's point, is as big and as athletic as Marshall, Southern Miss. Um, you know, uh, their back end secondary, I believe, if, if Jared, if we, if we take an approach offensively, which I think we will, to really attack the hashes, uh, I think that's something this week that, um, that Jared proved a little bit. So in my breakdown this week, quick highlights are get the running game going early, let's shorten this game up. Let's get let's get our backfield hot early. Get to the corner. Jared's gonna have to run it a little more. Carpenter's gonna have to throw a little more. So we know Carpenter's gonna have a few packages, if not a handful of packages in this that takes the pressure off uh, of, of Jared. But uh, from my understanding too, Joe, is, is Jared's taking the lion's share of the snaps even more so than he did two weeks ago. I think we got the rust off of him a little bit. He got in there. He made some uh, really productive plays. He, he he also made some poor decisions. And when I say poor, don't when people hear that poor as in uh, constructive poor, right? I talked about that on the last podcast where the same ball he made a beautiful throw on down to Sam was the same ball he threw and had an interception on. Right? Those are things that are coachable and changeable. So all the intangibles that he possesses are coachable. Uh, they're amenable and applicable to any game plan. So for us, the three areas I can think in three phases are one, we've got to get to the corner. That's that's the one thing Georgia State, Joe, Chile, I don't know, Joe, if you saw that. Georgia State got to the corner early and often and was able to get around it. And I would beg to say our speed is equal to or better than their overall speed out of the backfield now at full strength. Attacking the hash marks. That's something that we have not done a whole lot of this year, but I think Jared can do that is attack the hash marks with a lot of in routes, stops, um, some crossing routes, get the tight end back involved, get 84 involved, get 15 involved early, get eight involved early at the hash marks. Because if we get there, it's going to really set those linebackers back a step or two, and then that's going to even more so open the run game up. Again, control drives are going to better help us mitigate what Centeno do. On defense, we have got to have some type of like um, some type of two-dog with a spy, um, Boykin, and, and, and the Jordan Strong are going to have to just lock down their top two receivers and let our safeties just play umbrella over the top. Our linebackers, we're going to have to continuously spy on him, um, especially if we bring any type of play side blitz where he can see it. Uh, or if we run anything backside, um, some delayed blitzes I think are going to be some of our friends this week, Joe. Uh, that's something that we've done, I think, better the last few weeks since ODU, just to say that. Delay blitzes. So for those listening, 
it's it's not your typical bull rush or a sweeping under or something like that. It's it's where you bring a a normal maybe twist or, or uh, um, some type of uh, uh, a gap b gap blitz with either a mic or a Sam or a spur, but then you bring a delayed bit where it's a one one thousand two one thousand, and then you blitz to where you could really break up the cadence and you have that guy in coverage for that one or two seconds and then present pressure onto Santeo to where maybe the pocket would collapse enough around him to where he doesn't have the ability to use his legs to Joe's point. That was something that Georgia State, I thought, did fairly well. Um, Georgia State exposed JMU on a few things. If you could put them into some pressure situations like that, they're likely to turn the ball over, right? Um, they did turn it over against Georgia they did. They did. Twice. Big time turnovers. Twice. And I think, too, the other piece of this was, you know, um, I thought we were going to get a special teams play uh, versus Southern Miss. Um, it just never presented itself. I just thought we would get to it, considering what I saw versus Georgia State and a few other teams. Um, from what I can see is Jamie's pretty sound in the in the kicking game on both sides, Joe, Chili, and – uh, the fumble that the kid had versus Georgia State this past week, I think, you know, that that could be – that could who knows? There's a lot of variables that could go on to that. But offensively, get to the edge, attack the hashes. That's the concept we need to stick with. Uh, defensively, corners need to play lockdown, get the safeties over top, don't let anybody get behind you. And I say anybody, I don't care if the trainer comes out on the field, don't let him behind you. Um and we've got to figure out some way to, to put some soft spy on him and, and some delayed blitz. If we do that, we could create some pressure and some havoc that Centeno's going to have to make a decision from the pocket because it would be too late for him to use his legs. That's my kind of three phases in my mind, how I see in a high-level view of breaking this team down on how we can attack them, score some points, and keep some points off the board. They, they they kicked around a couple of kickoffs last week. Really lucky to get a second one back. <laughs> Honestly, kick That's returns, right. and now they got a punter who can really boom it. I mean, they keep that cat. That guy can flip the field. Yeah, you know, he he really can. So they they're they're going to be you know very sound there. I didn't like what Georgia State did in the second half. I mean, they were doing some successful things in the first half, and then I don't know what I don't know what they did in the second. They just kind of you know decided to put that thing into hibernation and. It's the worst thing you can do. You got to keep attacking. If we get an advantage in this game, keep attacking. Attack these guys. You know, don't let up because they can get back in the game in a hurry. Yeah, Steve, uh, Chili, to, to Joe's point, Joe nailed it. And I listened to Coach Sinetti's, um press conference, and you know, a young lady made a very poignant question. I think she asked a question in the seven-minute Sunbelt press conference. Joe, I don't know if you listened to it or Steve, but. She made a great question. She said, Coach, you know, I know your guys are going to be up for it, basically, but what are your guys playing with the understanding that this team, outside of Todd Santeo, really, and a few of the transfers, this team has always played the blackout game, which is their last home game of the year, knowing that they would be wearing purple in the playoffs because that's what they do. They wear purple in the playoffs, black at home for the last game, which I think is kind of cool. Look, I'm one of those, I'll call things what they are, right? I'll give credit where credit's due, even if I don't like them. Um, Got to give credit where credit's due. In this case, it's there's some fun, there's some finality to this game, and and, and Coach Signetti he, he even addressed that. He said, you know, we we had to address that earlier this week. Basically, was we've got some guys that understand there is not the next step. And what was interesting enough, he goes, at least at this point, there's not a next step. But we'll see what happens if we win this game. 
So he's almost mentally psyching his guys up that, hey, man, if we can get this eighth win and we technically win the East, you know, and get a, get you know, get an asterisk division championship, <laughs> they, then then maybe 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 because there'll be enough five and seven teams that maybe they'll get us in. But point being is, and Chile, I think you got a point to make too. Is is we have something to play for. They have something to play for. Is what we have to play for greater? than what they have to play for. That's the question we've got to ask ourselves on every play, on every rep this week, is what they're playing for greater than what we're playing for? That's the there is no, ahead, there, there is no There is no technicality. I mean, I, I, mean, I know what you're saying, GD. I, yeah. I'm, talking, I'm talking to them. There is no technicality. Technically, we're the champs. They can say what they want. They're in a two-year reclass period. They are ineligible for conference, championship, division, whatever. There is no technicality. If they want to hang a banner in that stadium, that's fine. Order themselves rings, that's great if they win the game. Whatever, who cares? You know, there is no technicality for them. I mean, I, you know, and I, we might do the same thing if we were in that boat. You know, try to find a way to motivate our people and get them fired up, whatever. There is no technicality. But again, is there a bigger why for us in this game than for them? That's what you just said, GD. Totally agree. You know, we win this game, we get home field for the championship game. We win this game, you know, and I'm about to say what, what's really going to get things started. We might stay close to the college football playoff rankings, but of course, we're not going to get in that because we can't get ahead of these AAC teams that everybody's in love with. No matter whether they have two losses or ten, they're still going to be ranked ahead of us. Go anyway, ahead, Chili. Yeah, go, go ahead, Chili, because I'm about to laugh. The defense I'm, I'm about to go off. Go ahead, yeah. Yeah, go ahead, Chili, I'm about to go off. Yeah. Yeah, it's okay because I'm actually going to kind of say this, and I, I can kind of let it lead into what we're about to do, which is talking about the CFP. And and I was just going through Twitter because we got a couple of tweets while we were recording this right now, and it's almost 9.30 on Tuesday, but I've, I've been reading some of our tweets, and one thing I noticed when I was scrolling through was a quote from Coach Signetti who said, if we win the game, statistically, we are the Eastern Division champions. That's a quote. Shove up your statistical backside. Oh, anyway, sorry. <laughs> so, TD, I'll start with you on this since people you know have been tweeting at us while we're recording. Go ahead. What's you know, he? You know, what, you know what CFP? You know what the CFP stands for? Should uh -oh. I give a bleep sign? Yeah. Uh -oh. no, uh, yeah uh, okay. Do it, certified effing playoff you know that's uh that's you know that's it, it's it's crap man it is such it is to joe's point before we came on air to record this thing you know i, I don't i get lathered up about culture purpose the installation of a, a of a game plan i get lathered up about that. I, I you know and, and culture falls into the whole rigmarole with us in that state us and whoever but the fact that we have a one-loss Coastal and a, I think, a one-loss or two-loss UTSA. So it's not just a Coastal here. To Joe's point, it's an infatuation with the AAC. And it's an infatuation with three or four teams in the AAC who are getting preferential treatment because they're going to the Big 12. So let's call it what it is because Fox and freaking ESPN have cut deals and they have to prop those schools up even with two or three losses because they're going into realignment and they have to make sure the equity in those brands are appropriate so that way they can package it and sell that crap next year. I don't usually get off on a tangent like this, but to Joe's point, I've had enough. 
you've got a bunch of young men that are exactly five and a quarter miles from my house right now who have worked their backside off. And it always, you know, you heard it with, you know, with UCF before. You heard it with Cincinnati. Oh, you got to show us years of being able to accomplish this. Well, guess what? We're 34 and what, five or some bull crap? I'm sorry. We have proven as a program it is not a fluke. It's consistency. We are playing the schedule that is handed to us. We are playing the schedule that we put together when everybody thought we were going to be a walkover W for them, and we're not. And then in a moment where the pandemic hits and we have to go out and play a BYU in a first-round draft pick who's playing like crap, and I get that now, but at the moment his senior year or junior year at BYU, he was playing elite football, right? And then we go and we beat a great App State program, and we've beaten a Georgia Southern, we've beaten a Louisiana, we've beaten these schools that these polls and CFP folks were infatuated with in one level or another. So to Joe's point, it is infuriating and it's disrespectful. And I come on here and I go on social media and I tell people it's one and oh, and it truly is. In that locker room, if I'm coastal this week, it's I'm a two touchdown dog. Um, it's home field. It's can we win a game again without 10? There's so much in that locker room to put fuel in the tank that. I, I hope, and I and I hope I don't use the word. I hope we come out, and I hope we friggin' smoke their backside, because it'll put the damn CFP on notice. I'm sorry when a three-loss Florida State who beat a ranked team who's no longer ranked anymore, and you know they're counting the Syracuse win. It, it just it is it is. If you don't think this thing's about money, or if you don't think this thing's about ESPN and Fox, and there should probably be an antitrust federal act filed against them for what they're doing. If you want to get real James Madison and Thomas Jefferson and and you want to get into FDR, do you want to get into some presidential, you know, um, real policy-driven things? How about an antitrust act being filed against definitely ESPN because they literally hold lock, stock, and barrel the dock and the boat that it's on and passageway through the harbor for the goods and freight, which is college football. And we're thankful for them that they cut a deal with the Sun Belt. We're thankful for them that they came to college game day. And it's not sour grapes, but it's not just Coastal. It's UTSA. It's South Alabama. It's Troy. It's crap, man. There should not be two four-loss teams and three three-loss teams ahead of us. And then Central Florida goes and gets beat by, anybody knows, I love our military academies. But they go and get beat by a three-loss Navy team at home, right? At home. Go down two spots. If you don't think it's about ensuring the equity in brands so they can package it for next year, go smoke some stuff, man. I, it, I'm done, man. It's just oh. – I tell you, I did two things. CFE stands for a crock of – Flipping two, and number yeah. two, the committee doesn't watch G five football. Not one iota, don't. not one second, not one quarter of any game. They don't care a thing about G five football. Otherwise, they, they, the, the, the you know the fifteen down, you know, or ten to ten down to twenty five would have some different teams in it. The, the committee doesn't care a thing about G five football. Doesn't watch a second of it. And if you don't think they don't, South Alabama was a yeah. one-point or two-point loss to UCLA. The same UCLA team that they're so infatuated with inside yeah. the top 15. 
right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. well, I mean, you know, there are legitimately two to three schools in the Sun Belt. We're one, South Alabama and Troy. And in my humble opinion, one or all of us should be ranked in the top 25. Where's UTSA? Because I'd love to put those four schools up against right now. I'd love to put those four schools up against Central Florida and Florida State. Tulane. And Tulane. I'd love the opportunity to go head-to-head with those schools. I wouldn't back down a bit. Wouldn't back down a bit. And I'm a little fired up like Joe is, Chili, and I know you are too. We're we're dominating this thing. But it's – the problem is this. It starts to get concerning for – how is it that our schedule this year, and if you don't believe me, Till Nation, go do your math. Go look at the overall win-loss total for this year versus last year. It ain't that much difference. And we no. have beaten a couple, three teams that have beaten current-ranked CFP teams. Like, and then as the conference and who we could play, I think it's like six or seven. So don't sit here and tell me that we're not good. Don't sit here and tell me that a one like we're the only one law school not ranked. Like, yeah. How how, it, how interesting was it though at the start of the year that the G five conference everybody was all over and rightfully so was the Sun Belt with the expansion and the teams we brought in and how everything got set up. We were it. I mean, everybody universally pretty much proclaimed Sun Belt had the best teams. We were going to be the best, should have been the best, and I think we are the best. You know, with some of the wins that we've had against other conferences. But yep. we get we get down to this point in the time of the year. Look who the usual suspects in G five are in the CFP. Why why in the Sun Belt represented? What is the disconnect here? What what is the problem? I mean, is this a league problem? Are we not marketing? Are people not marketing our teams? Forget Coastal. Forget us for a second. Like you said, TD. What about a South Alabama? What about a Troy? What about a UTSA? You know, from another league. Where, where is the disconnect? Why is it the AAC, you know, always gets this love? Why, why is that? Why, why is the Tulane ranked in there? Why is the UCF in there with three laws? Why is that? Where is our league? Where, where are the people who, are, who need to be lobbying for our league and get, getting our teams a chance to get in this thing? Period. Agree. Hey, and, and, and for those listening to this, don't tell me, uh, dude, you lost to ODU. Central Florida just lost to a three-win, now a three-win. Yeah. Now a three-win. Everybody, everybody's got an ugly loss somewhere. Everybody's got a loss they would like to hide in the closet with the rest of the skeletons. We, we have Tennessee one. Just lost to a, yeah, Tennessee just lost to a, a, a now a six-win South Carolina, right? And not just a, not just a now six-win South Carolina, like a absolute – I think there's six wins. There may be seven. I think there's six. But – they got blown out. Yeah. And then, and then you've got you've got I can think of three other games I was doing this. Down. I wish I'd wrote it down. There's three other teams that are currently between 25 and 15 that have losses to teams under 500 by more than they score. That are still ranked. And of of those teams, I think the two teams that have the three losses or four. They have a loss to a team that they shouldn't have lost to. I, I just, to Joe's point, my point, we're beating a dead horse because it's it's me and everybody on Collins Street, South Carolina. It's listening. <laughs> yeah. It is. The, that, the, that, the horse challenge- is the, that, that horse is at the glue factory by now, but we're still beating it. <laughs> it is absolutely. Um, it is going to be to it's 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 to the detriment of this sport that 
you ask group of five schools to play better, schedule better, and then when they do, they win or they come within a score or less. And we do the job, but then, you know, if, if that's the case, then I, I can think of a couple SEC schools that why, why are they ranked? AC schools, why, why are they ranked? You know, or I looked at Oregon State. Oregon State's ranked, excuse me, they, they got three losses. The Pac-12, the top three schools were good. The bottom seven or eight or nine are freaking atrocious. Stop. It's, stop. Like, it, it is – I don't want to say it's disheartening because at the end of the day, my boys are going to go one of those Saturday. We're going to be 10-1, to playing for a sub-belt title, hopefully at home, and then maybe then, maybe then the committee will have to sit their sorry freaking backsides down and take the Power Five lollipop out of their mouth and go, oh, wow, there's some really good football being played around the country outside of what, you know, our our peer groups here. Oh, wow, this is wow, this is a really good football team. But it's going to take other teams losing ahead of us and us going 10-1 and one and getting that title game before we even remotely – I was actually shocked, shocked that we did not crack the top 25, even at 25. I, I just – when I saw two four-loss – or two – couple three-loss and a four-loss, I, I about – I just – I think what Florida State, Chile, if you look at it, they're seven and four. Seven and – there's two four-loss teams. Louisville. Louisville That's there. That, Louisville. Louisville, Florida State. I'm sorry. You can't tell me that the overall ACC schedule is so head and shoulders above the Sun Belt schedule that a four-loss school is better than a one or a couple two-loss Sun Belt schools. I'm sorry. You put Florida State – or you put Louisville against UCLA right now, and I'll take UCLA all day by touchdown. I just – it just – it it. I'm done. All right, Chile, take us home. So, well, yeah, take us home. I mean, <clears throat> I, I don't get to do a rant, um, but you guys have something that stands for CFP. Have at it, man. Have no, have I don't – I mean, you said it all. Have I mean, I have it. nothing else to say. I just – we've – what else? My question is, what else do you want from us to, to put us in there? Um, you guys do every single correct number and stat that supports the argument for and in favor of us. But I also feel like at some point, what else do you want from Coastal? We can't go back and I mean, TD with the four lost teams being in there. I really do have a question like you as it relates to some of these bigger schools and these bigger conferences. Why even bother with these guys? Because they're losing games. They've lost every other week at this point almost, and they're still getting ranked. Um, I did have one thing I do wanted to add. And since you guys had something that CFP stood for, my CFP stands for continues to favor paydays. There you go. You cannot tell me that a four-loss Louisville and a four-loss Florida State is – so head and shoulders above a one-loss or two-loss Coastal, UTSA, Troy, or South Alabama when – you just – I'm sorry. You, you cannot tell me that a four-loss school. I, this, give us – give me full-strength Coastal versus full-strength Florida State. We play in Tallahassee. I'll take that tomorrow. I'll, we'll go there tomorrow. Wouldn't hesitate. Amen. I, I can't Good. disagree. Like that doesn't scare me. Like th- 
where this program is. That's where UTSA is. And I, I'm, I'm God's honest truth. I'm done after this. I am thankful. You know what? I'm going to get a little perspective here. Everybody, so we can wrap it up. It's a great way to wrap it up is I, I am thankful. We are so dispositioned with where we are for not being considered in the top 25 CF in the CFP because we're nine and one and we're 35 and four over the last three years. Like it, I love having this problem and I hope we have this problem next year. Cause that means we're sitting nine or 10 wins. <clears throat> it's a good problem to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, your perspective. Let's bring it on home then. We've got the, uh, much requested CFP discussion. So I'm going to go ahead and change gears here. Um, guys, one quick question I want to ask you. Did either of you enjoy the musical Hamilton? A resounding yes from both of my panel mates here. Are you yeah. ready for more? <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Are you ready for more semi-true American history and musical form? Then check out Lynn manuel Miranda's newest musical, Madison. Madison will take you through the triumphs of both James Madison and his namesake's history. You'll go away singing and dancing to numbers like, I am standing, please stop asking me to. War of 1812 Blues, didn't everyone beat App State? Texas A&M was ranked at one point this year too, and the very danceable Duke Juke. It stars Danny DeVito as James Madison. Madison, the musical will be just like JMU's season so far in FBS. Massive inattention grabbing at the front, boring in the middle, and overdone by its own fans at the very end. That's Madison coming to a theater near you. Hopefully the uh, Shauna Clears will bring the, 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 the musical The Magic Mullet uh, to, to Harrisburg uh, Saturday. Uh, like a good mullet, it's a lot of business in the front and all party in the back. Well, we need well we need James we need James we need James Brochu back in that bag um Chauncey outfit so we can bring the physicality again. <laughs> uh, is our current mascot aware of that? By the way, he need, I think he needs it. If he's I don't know who it is, but he or she whoever's in that outfit needs to be aware of that and be ready. I think whoever's in Duke Dog for them is going to be looking for some revenge. I just feel it. That's the hardest we need anybody that night. Yeah, that was. <laughs> I reposted that on on Twitter. Going, that's all. Top taught me, don't start a fight you ain't willing to finish. Uh, there you go. Duke <laughs> <laughs> dog learned the hard way. Yeah, so we man. got, we didn't have a Twitter poll last week, so I've got two I put out since we've been recording right now. Um, the first one was what we thought CFP stood for between Crock of Freaking Poo, Joe, certified <laughs> effing playoff TD and continuing to favor paydays from me. And the second poll question, it's just going to run just for today, TD, and it's in honor of your birthday, is oh. how should TD celebrate his birthday? You've got four choices on this one. Um, you can sit down and record the strut with your two best buddies in the whole world. You can enjoy a cold <laughs> TD lather, which I think is kind of hot lather right now. You can post about App State, or you can just sit on the porch at, poll has been out for maybe 29 minutes so far so we've got a couple of votes already td and people are just coming together 
because of your birthday. So Teal Nation, Strut Nation, <laughs> do whatever TD would do today on November 22nd. I think he should come. I think he should come by Bucky's. I, I'm passing Bucky's right now. It, it looks like a big old lively crowd out there, Bucky's. <laughs> They're all in the parking lot celebrating TD's birthday. Yeah, go, go, I tell you, we need to get Bucky's a sponsor. So mercy, we do um, absolutely. Yeah, yeah man, we've so, got. To, uh, hey, go I'm ahead, excited to, hey, for next year, man. We're going. We, we're working with some potential partners right now. And for those that listen, thank you for. We're doing that. We're going to work on some potential things that could be done by the end of the season, but definitely going into the next year. And and uh, that's not smoke and mirrors, man. For those that we're already talking to, thank you. We look forward to hopefully finalizing some some relationships and, and, and getting the sponsorships out there. And they are coastal either alums or coastal supported businesses or businesses that support coastal, if you will, and vice versa. So look forward to hopefully sealing those deals here soon. The uniform this week sent over by the best football equipment crew in the entire country. They have informed me this week they are wearing white helmets, white jerseys, white pants. We are going icy whites as we travel to James It's Madison. over. It's over. It's over. You can take your two and a half touchdowns. Hey, in the words of one of the greatest underdog movies of all time, you can take your two and a half touchdown Yankees and shove it up here. We'll see you next year. <laughs> Man, somebody's on fire tonight. Icy White in Harrisonburg. I know. He isn't he chilly? I tell you what. Man. Man. Get him in uniform. Jamie this one needs to the, the archive of Podcast Hall of Fame right here. Hey, Jamie's, uh, Jamie's <laughs> Bell Bonds, right? The Bad hey, the bad News Shunts and sponsored by Jamie's Bell Bonds. I love it. <laughs> um, so I don't want to put a damper on TD's party, Joe, but it's time for trivia. Bring it on, man. I'm just uh -oh, right, here, here we go. go. Here we go. So prior to McDoom's kickoff return versus Gardner Webb for a touchdown, TD, when was the last time Coastal had a TD return or sorry, kickoff return for a TD? TD. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, um, um, I can see him. Number 27. Um, he, uh, it was uh, bye, bye, bye versus North Dakota State in the playoffs, right? It was um, – Devin, um, God, I'm, off. I'm not, I'm not, I, I can see him. I can see him running. It's, um, not it's Devin, that guy. Right? Yeah, that guy. It's him. that guy right there. Him, 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 him downstairs. Um, God, what is, I can see, dude, no, I'm not far off. It's Devin, it's number 27. He returned one against North Dakota State in, in the semifinal game. No, in the quarterfinal quarter game. Quarterfinal quarter game. Right? And and it's um Chili, am I far off? Yeah. Can I get a can I get a shot of this when he gets I am driving in the car, but I can tell you who it was and when. Uh, go ahead, Joe. Go ahead, Joe. Are you done, T D? No no yeah. light fly, no phone call, a friend or anything like that? If if not, this show will be an hour and forty seven minutes, man. We it already is. Devin, Go ahead. So, so, so Devin Brown brought five kickoffs back in his career. One of them was what you what you just mentioned Devin in the Brown. quarterfinals against North Dakota State. We used to call him the most exciting return man in college football. Always a threat, but he's not the right one. Kion Tyler scored against Hampton 2016. Last game as an FCS school, he brought one about, I think it was 70 yards, if I remember correctly. It is that, exactly 70 yards, there. Joe. Yep. When was that? You said 2017? 
2016. That was, the, that was the last game we played as an FCS before we moved to uh, FBS, our second transition year in 2017. So Devin Brown did it in 2014 then, right? He, he, he returned. He returned. Let's see. What was it? He had one in 13. I think he brought back two in 14 and then two in 15, I think. I think that's how the breakdown was. Okay. He brought five back in his career. Darn it. Did uh, you did yeah. well, dude? I could see it, man. I just I forgot about Kion Tyler, man. Great job, Joe. But I wasn't far off. I wasn't far off. No, nope, you were. See him. You were. I could see him, and and you I were. knew because I could see. I could, dude. That Joker, you could all the the five that he returned, and the probably other ten or twelve that he got at least thirty five to fifty yards on. You knew the moment he broke. Not even past the first wave. The moment he made the first move, he took a – it was like – He had a chance, man. He had a chance. You're not, you're not, so much fun to watch that kid. Man. Anyways. All right, Joe. Joe, where can we find you? Right, right now in the car on I-95 headed south. On the <laughs> – <laughs> You can find me Cashin J sixty eight on Twitter, Joe Cashin on uh, Facebook, and then Joe Cashin nineteen sixty eight on Instagram. TDSI from your porch yelling at people who walk by wearing purple and gold this week, and celebrating your birthday in every way you choose to, to celebrate, whether you be at Bucky's with all your fans in the parking lot as Joe drives by, or on the front porch in Conway. TD, help us find you, man. I'll be in the kitchen cooking with my wife on tomorrow night i'll be in a deer stand on friday afternoon saturday morning and then i will be decked out in all teal under my carport watching my 53 inch tv high definition wireless hopefully watching our boys of teal nation take down the little princes of jmu oh it's interesting you use prince because prince this artist wore purple all the time and now yep yep uh you can catch the strut podcast on twitter and instagram at the strut podcast facebook just type in the strut podcast same thing with youtube when you get to youtube hit subscribe you can catch our videos i would watch this video this week if you've ever watched a youtube video of us this is the one you need to watch uh not because you can't see joe it's because you can see td TD and all his glory full lather is something worth the price of admission. And it's free on YouTube. Um, I put up a blogger this week. So strutpodcast.wordpress.com. You can check out our blogs there. Um, I think that's pretty much it. Guys, we've got a big one Saturday. So um, I guess without any further ado or previous ado or, or goodbye to the Dukes. Jilly, let me, uh, Go ahead, Joe. Jilly, let me uh, save our... Uh, John Clear Sports Radio Network, 10.30 airtime from Harrisonburg, 12 o'clock kickoff. So join us 10.30 is when our radio coverage starts with the Myrtle Beach Family Golf Countdown at kickoff. And it's a noon kickoff, Joe. You're going to be grinning from ear to ear. Man, <laughs> I love a noon <laughs> kick, brother. I'll be back home early on Saturday night with a dub in the back pocket. Noon kick, icy whites. Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, guys, um, TD, you've got a birthday today. Big things happening. My fifth wedding anniversary is on Thanksgiving Day this year, so I'm excited about that and share that with everybody else, too. Hey, all right. Congratulations. Well, my, tw- my 29th will be on the 27th, so 
Happy Thanksgiving to all, and thank y'all for listening. Hey, i tell you what. Um, look here. Once we get this dub Saturday, all eyes turn to, to December 3rd in the championship. But if you're uh, – Hey, look, if you're part of Teal Nation and, and you're part of the Strut listeners, look, tune in, listen to Joe, watch it, do everything you can, support your team, man. This is a uh, this is a another pivotal game that solidifies the East Crown. That hopes, you know, that look, this game is going to get us home field advantage for title game, and this game is going to get us hopefully into the CFP rankings where we should be. And uh, hey, let's be thankful. Let's be thankful we're frustrated because our team is not in one playing for a championship and we're not where we should be. So, gentlemen, grateful for y'all, grateful for your families and our families, grateful for everything that our communities, country, and this university and this team allows us to do to talk about it here on a Tuesday night from the three areas that we are. And uh, go Shots, baby. Go Shots. Happy Thanksgiving. Shots up, everybody. Fans, thanks for listening. So, the game's coming up this Saturday. Noon kickoff. Joe is fired up because it's a noon kickoff. He'll actually get back home, according to him, sometime Saturday night. So, Joe gets to enjoy his his Sunday. He gets to have a good Thanksgiving weekend, and that's what it's all about for Joe. Uh, Happy birthday to TD. Happy anniversary to me and Mrs. Chili. We're looking forward to a great week. As you're listening to this, maybe you're driving in your car, listening to the Struttas wherever you're going. The Strut wishes you a safe and happy Thanksgiving. We are thankful for you. You are important to us. And from all of our families to all of your families, have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Eat a lot of turkey, but then don't forget, celebrate our win on Saturday. Sean's up.